You're listening to Cloud9, where Bahaiteachings.org interviews artists from around the globe to learn about what inspires, uplifts, and motivates them to make a positive contribution to the world. My name is Shadi Talui Wallace. It wasn't all that long ago when Celine Schwann took a big leap of faith, left her stable job in marketing, and started her own business as a professional photographer in Paris. Born in France to parents of Chinese origin who fled Cambodia during the Civil War, she developed her creative inclination and attraction to beauty at a very young age. Having completed a master's degree in business, Celine had a dream, quite literally, to make a big leap of faith and take on photography full-time. In this episode of Cloud9, we interview Celine about her dream, about a subsequent car accident that sparked reflection, and how embracing the Baha'i faith in her 20s influenced her creative journey and informs her approach to photography today. So Celine, thank you so much for joining us on Cloud9. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be with you. I know you travel a lot. So where are you currently based or located? So I was born and raised in Paris. I currently live in Paris, but uh, through my work, I get to travel a lot. I know. Watching your Instagram, you're just all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I feel really grateful for that. So where are you from originally? Were you, you were born in Paris, but are your parents also uh, from France? So yeah, no, my parents are Chinese, uh, but they were born in Cambodia and they left during the war. Uh, so they fled the country and came as political refugees in Paris. Um, and me and my brother were born here. Uh, my older sister, she came along with them. Uh, but basically I was, yeah, I was born and raised in Paris. And then I studied in the UK and I did an internship for a year in Singapore. What did you study in the UK? And, and what was your internship like in Singapore? So I majored in uh, marketing. So I did a master's degree in Nottingham, in the University of Nottingham. And then I did an internship in a, kind of like a local company in Singapore doing export of goods like edible oil and stuff like that. Is this what you wanted to do all your life is work with edible goods and oil <laughs> edible oil that oil. was my purpose in life <laughs> no not really actually I was a really creative child um I still remember I I loved drawing I loved doing things with my hands creating things and I remembered after after high school you know you have to choose which kind of studies you want which to is do. crazy because you're and so young like what do you what do you yeah. know <laughs> you have to pick one thing I know Exactly. Uh, but I kind of knew I wanted something creative. So I told my parents, maybe I should go to the art school. And they told me, well, being an artist is not a job. <laughs> so you have to find a real job, quote unquote. Um, so my choices were uh, studying law, medical school, engineering, or business school. So I kind of thought maybe business school is the how do you say it? less worse I don't know if you say that in English but <laughs> maybe the closest <laughs> to being creative I don't know <laughs> exactly and I, I I thought maybe if I do you know I don't know like advertising or communication it could be something creative so that's why I chose um, to to do a business school um, and after I graduated I actually found a job 
in an airline company as an online marketing job. Uh, and I stayed there for eight years. I had photography on the side, so I always thought maybe one day I'll be a full-time photographer. I wasn't sure it could be a, an option. And then after a few weddings, I, I really thought maybe that could be something real, like a real job. Uh, obviously, I was really afraid of quitting the safety uh, of a corporate job. And I was going to ask about that leap of faith that you took because it was quite a risk to leave your comfortable corporate job. I was waiting for a sign. I was like, oh, there will be a sign when I'm ready to quit my job and be a full-time photographer. And I actually uh, had a car accident at the end of uh, 2015. And um, I came back. Nothing happened to me. I didn't have any injuries, but the car was broken. And I remember uh, coming back home thinking, well, you know, selling your life could have ended tonight. So are you happy with everything you achieved so far? And obviously, when you ask yourself that question, a really long list come up into your brain. And I was like, I really need to choose if I want to do, you know, photography seriously and as a full-time photographer. And that's how I quit my job, actually. And that, that's two years, almost three years ago. Um, and I don't regret it at all. I feel really fulfilled with what I do right now. It feels like I'm really aligned with, with what I'm supposed to do. So what did the first few months look like as you transitioned into this new line of work? And how did you cope with some of these new changes as a freelancer? Um, the first few months, honestly, I was just enjoying life and feeling really free of not having any boss or any anyone telling me what to do. And then I quickly realized that when you go full time as a freelance, um, you actually become a um, an entrepreneur and uh, you have a company to run. <laughs> so that's when I, I, I started to be more strategic about uh, what I want to do and how many clients I want to shoot in a year, what types of clients and stuff like that. And obviously my marketing back, background helped me a lot. And uh, so, yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't very stressful because I feel that when you do something you love, the stress is very dif different. Um, there's this talk uh, that Simon Sinek did on TED Talks. I don't know if you know it. It's, it's, I think it's calling. I don't know. I can't remember the name. But he, he's basically saying working hard for something you don't care is called stress. And working hard for something you love is called passion. And I really feel that when you are doing something you, you're, you're, you love and you feel aligned with what you're doing, um, the efforts you put in are really different. Can we, can we kind of segue now into perhaps um, how you became a Baha'i? Because I know that you weren't uh, raised mm -hmm. in a Baha'i family, but I think this would be a perfect kind of way to link um, your faith to maybe how you're, how you're working in photography and the kind of clients that you're choosing. And sure. So, yeah, I was born in a family where we didn't have any spiritual teachings. Uh, there wasn't any any moment where my parents talked about God or stuff like that. Uh, but I still remember when I was a kid, I kind of um, believed that there was something higher than us, bigger than us. Uh, but I couldn't get my head around the fact that people were fighting against each other, saying, well, I'm right because I believe in Jesus, or you're wrong because you believe in whoever. And um, that's only when I got into junior high, I met my best friend. Her name is Leva, and she's a Baha'i. And she told me about the Baha'i faith when I was 13, which is uh, a young age. So I, I didn't really 
understand the whole thing. I just knew that she was a Baha'i. Um, and I think it was around my 20s when I started to question the purpose of our lives here on earth. And is it just, you know, you're born and you enjoy life and that's it? Or is there more than that? And um, so talking about those questions to my friend, she told me, you know, we, we could study together a little bit about the Baha'i faith if you want to, because in the Baha'i faith, we think that the purpose of our life is to serve humanity through the qualities that we have and the talents that we have. And um, so we could, you know, study some writings together, even with other friends. And um, so I did, uh, I did that and I started to have, you know, very clear answers to my questions. And I thought maybe that's what I'm looking for. Maybe the Baha'i faith is what I'm looking for. And I, again, I was waiting for a sign that maybe, you know, one day something happened and I'm, I'm going to be ready to be a Baha'i. And I was living in a house where we had a lot of devotional, so uh, praying every Thursday with friends. And one of these Thursday, I had a dream about uh, me being in the Holy Land in Haifa in Israel. And I, I just saw um, Abdul Baha, who's the son of Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i faith. And he was just opening his arm and, and he was just saying, come, come to me. And I woke up and I was just, you know, I, I thought that's the sign. Maybe I'm, I'm ready. So I, I decided to embrace the Baha'i faith at that moment. That's really interesting. I've heard very similar stories from friends of mine who came into the Baha'i faith later in life, um, how they saw Abdul Baha in a dream. Now, how has becoming a Baha'i influenced your work as a photographer? Is it different to how you practice photography uh, before you became a Baha'i? I guess how the faith has influenced my way of um, photographing people, but also doing business is that I know that service is at the center of my life. So when I meet clients or uh, when I go on a wedding, I know that my purpose is to serve those people the best I can, which is obviously taking like the best photos I can, but also really being um, open to their, you know, their, their suggestions or if they're stressed or very nervous about the wedding, they're trying to, you know, help them going through that. Which I'm sure most, most brides and grooms are. They're probably, <laughs> you probably see the best and the worst. Exactly. Um, and also trying to put the, the fact that, you know, they're getting married. Um, and we know that in the Baha'i faith, when you get married, it's not only just like a symbolic thing. It's really like two souls uh, coming together in front of God. And, and that when you marry another soul, it's like throughout the different spiritual words after that. So um, I always think about that, even, even if my couples are not, you know, religious or Baha'is or, but I, I do believe that, you know, when people commit to one another, it's very, something very important. And I try to, very, to stay very focused during the day to serve them best I can. Um, that's one point. And the other point is about finding beauty in things that we don't necessarily portray as beautiful nowadays in our society, because we're also very influenced about the, the society and everything we see on TV or on magazines. So today to be beautiful, you have to be size zero and have really long legs and, you know, stuff like that. And um, 
and sometimes people come to me and 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 they say okay well we're getting married but you know we're not very photogenic or we don't look like this or <laughs> we're not very comfortable in front of the lens that's where i try to really serve them in in my with my expertise saying you know i'm here for that um i'll try to make you uh, as comfortable as i can in front of my lens so that it's very natural for you um and then i try to capture a beauty that i see in maybe details or not something very straightforward where you just take a portrait of someone beautiful and that's an kind of an easy job you you know so i try to find beauty in details of the weddings or emotions or someone who's laughing maybe the parents or the grandparents um yeah those those very uh fleeting moments of a wedding day uh trying to capture that and deliver something that is uh maybe it's going to be timeless for them so yeah that's how i i think the the faith has influenced my my way of photographing how how important do you think it is for people to feel beautiful and like what and what should inform that if it's not society and and media what should inform us in our in our recognizing our own beauty when i think about beauty i try to also reset my brain because i'm i obviously i'm influenced by everything i see you know that beauty is like that so i i tend to want to shoot the way i see in magazine or, or things like that but um when i try to um i don't know if you can say that but i really believe that sometimes a photo of someone can capture his or her soul kind of um through maybe the eyes or the way he's uh, smiling you can tell a lot uh, when it's very authentic and genuine a genuine portrait of someone you can really tell how his or soul is shining through their face or their the way they pose um and i try to um show in any of my Uh, communication whether it's social media or my website um this kind of beauty i don't know if it makes sense it's i try to just show pictures that i find beautiful that are not necessarily strictly uh in the guidelines of like a, a fashion magazine or um what we see on advertising uh could be Yeah, it, it's something. But it could be something very, very simple, but um, th- with lots of uh, emotions and feelings. Yeah, because I see you. You know, we hear a lot about like self confidence and self worth, especially in young women. Uh, so I'm always curious mm-hmm. about how art, especially those who are in in the work of like portraying identities of other people, like how are they contributing to that person's development and self-worth and and feeling beautiful in their own skin and i think you touched very um beautifully on on the importance of of being genuine and authentic yeah and i think sometimes you know as especially as women we always tend to focus on details that no one else sees like you know i don't like my nose or i don't like my ears or things like that and sometimes women c- come to me say okay um you know they want to book a portrait session with me and they say i'm really not very uh, you know confident about my about my body and i don't like my i don't know my, i don't like my tummy or i don't like my thighs but then when i f- i photograph them i try to focus on 
what is beautiful in them. And uh, sometimes they don't see that it could be anything. It could be their eyes. It could be their mouth. Their just the the hair, how it how it falls on their face or on their shoulder, and to just show them that they focus on the negative side of them. We, well, the way they portray, they, they see themselves. Because I don't think that having a uh, a tummy that is not size zero is is negative, but that's how they they think about themselves. But when you when you show them ten other um, qualities or beautiful things about them that can wash away the two things that they focus on, then they they realize that oh yeah, I'm not I'm not that bad, you know, I'm not that quote unquote ugly or. Uh, Sometimes they say that's the very first time I find myself beautiful in a picture, and that's very humbling. It's, it's I feel really grateful to be able to, to do that just through uh, the medium of, of photography, just like capturing through my lens something they might not be able to see with their own eyes. Yeah, and I noticed also uh, you very beautifully portrayed this this idea and concept in the Baha'i faith of beauty and diversity. And I think you'd also shared a bit in a previous conversation mm-hmm. about how this is something that you're exploring. Could you expand a little bit on that as well? Yeah, exactly. So um, apart from, you know, the uh, positive image that we can have on our own body, it's also about um, showing the reality of our world, which is very, very diverse in terms of culture, in terms of religion, um, color skins um and i think that especially in the wedding industry but also in the fashion industry uh, we only show one type of people and usually it's very like very thin or skinny people caucasian um we don't see a lot of um cultural diversity and i try to to do that in my in my personal projects when I I don't have a wedding or someone paying me to shoot them. I try to create something for myself uh, that can show what I believe in. That is the fact that we are all from from the same family, which is the human family. And uh, whether you are black or Asian or Caucasian, we are all sisters and brothers. And I try to create you know, projects that can show that through pictures. So, for example, one of my projects was to shoot three girls, so one Asian, one Black girl, and one Caucasian, but portray them as three sisters, which in logical term or in the biology could not be possible. But to me, sometimes the bounds that we can have with one another are stronger than the blood uh, bounds that we, we have with maybe our family members or stuff like that. So I I, I did this um, personal shoot that I called Sisterhood. And that was really just to show how our humanity is beautiful through diversity. And that diversity doesn't mean that we are all going our own way, but we can find a unity in who we are as human beings. And what values do you like to highlight in your photography? You mentioned diversity um, and beauty. Is there anything else? Well, obviously, love is in the center of my work as well because I shoot a lot of weddings. So obviously, love is kind of the center point of a wedding day. Um, 
but also I shoot, you know, couples coming, flying into Paris and want beautiful memories of their trip in Paris. Um, but love is kind of at the core of my work, I guess. Um, not only people who love each other, but the love that we can grow for ourselves and for others as well. Because uh, when you shoot someone who's not confident uh, in her body, on his body, and then you can help them, you know, grow their self-love, that's very fulfilling for me. And also when you try to portray that diversity I talked about, and then you can help someone to see humanity in a different way or just open their eyes to the fact that, you know, there's not one type of human being or there's not one type of couple. Um, I, I would say that's a very, uh, uh, that's one of my goals as well through, through photography. And I mean, I might be projecting here, but I find your work to be very whimsical and light and bright. Yeah. Um, is that some, a style that you've been exploring more recently or is that kind of your aesthetic? Um, and, and do people come to you for that aesthetic? Do they often come to you with something else in mind and how do you reconcile that? No, I guess people who come to me, they, they usually saw my work beforehand and they know that if I shoot their wedding day or a portrait session or whatever, it would be that style. It would be very light and very uh, whimsical and, you know, very, yeah, very, very bright. Um, I think I'm more attracted to light and bright pictures because to me, for some reasons, they, they kind of show more spirituality i don't know how to explain that but i feel that darker or moodier pictures um the i don't know i feel that they're they're just they, they, they can be beautiful but to me they don't speak to my soul i don't know how to explain that uh, very bright pictures with a lot of light i think love and light goes to together if that makes sense um and i always I never shot dark pictures or moodier pictures than what I'm shooting now. And I think it's just that I'm naturally attracted to very bright and very airy and light pictures for somehow, for a reason that I, I, I cannot explain. But I, when I try to, to, to think about it, I just feel that I connect love and light together and spirituality as well with brightness or sunshine and is there a style or an era in photography or art that inspires this or does this really come from within? I wouldn't say I'm a person who go to the museum every week and get inspirations. But you there. live in Paris. <laughs> I know, it's a shame. <laughs> but um, no, I think because I haven't been raised that way, um, I'm not used to just you know, go to a museum by myself and get inspiration, which sometimes I push myself too because I, I want to be inspired by something else than other photographers' work. Uh, I think it's very important to just, like, get inspiration from, um, you know, paintings or sculpture or even architecture. Um, I, I really love uh, food styling as well. So food photography is, is something I I. I look in social media and Instagram and things like that because I don't know, I find that very fascinating the way you can 
display food on a plate with maybe how you can compose a plate like a painting, you know, with negative space or just like a, uh, some popping colors. And I try to see how I can incorporate that into my work as a, a photographer. Um, are there any aspirations that you have as a photographer and, and perhaps also as a Baha'i working in your field? Yeah, I'm trying to how I can expand my photography to something else than just weddings and individual portraits, how I can maybe contribute more to maybe my community or um, to a bigger scale humanity. That's a big world, world. but um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could find a way and maybe it's going to come very gradually by meeting other people, meeting other photographers with other projects that are not wedding related, uh, how photography can contribute to, uh, to humanity. And maybe, cause I feel photography and maybe videography are the two, uh, medium that are very strong in capturing one moment and make it timeless. And that's how we can also, uh, create, the humanity history because I don't know if in a hundred years we'll be able to uh, I don't know read USB sticks or hard drive and for me that's why photography when you don't print it is useless I really love printed things like when it's very tangible and you have these printed prints in your box or so do you work in analog or did you work primarily in digital? Yeah, so I mainly, yeah, no, I mainly work in analog. And that's one of the reasons as well, because I feel that um, in a hundred years, uh, we'll, I'm sure <laughs> that we'll still be able to get something out of a negative, but I'm not sure we'll be able to get something out of a hard drive or USB stick. Um, and having an, a real negative something, like a real object, that you can then print out as a photo is very important to me. A witness of a moment in the history of humanity. And if you just keep all your photos in your computer and someday your computer might crash, um, you have nothing left. Um, why I, I try to always print uh, my work or always tell clients that they should print um, their wedding photos or make at least an album or something. Wow, I had I, I should have asked that earlier. I had no idea. It makes it so much. Um, your work is so much more precious, knowing that it's it's done on an analog. I find. Yeah, I, I find very. Yeah, I find it very precious as well. And I f I feel that it's more in um in French we say artisanal. I don't know. If artisanal. Yeah, not like you're taking like a hundred pictures in your digital camera to just choose the best one within the hundred. Um, with analog, you are forced to be more careful about the moment and then click when you feel that the moment is right or the composition is right. Um, so I feel that it's just forcing you to be more conscious about what you're seeing instead of just, you know, just shooting, yeah, thousands of pictures and tell yourself, oh, I have enough to choose the best from those thousands of pictures. So... It sounds like quite a mindful and meditative practice. Yeah, definitely. And you slow down as well. I shoot on medium format majorly, so you have 16 frames per roll. 
So you change your roles quite often. Um, so when you pose and change your role, obviously your clients see that, you know, it's, you, you have to take a break. Um, and it helps them also to just relax during the wedding day because it's not like fast shooting, 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 and not letting them uh, breathe or rest. Uh, so I feel that, I don't know, it helps me a lot with the rhythm of, of the wedding. Yeah, I don't know. I get I get nervous now. I think as an adult, knowing that it can't be deleted or or erased or or changed or manipulated. But I, I can also see the value in in just trust and and patience and and really slowing down. Yeah, and also it has to it has a link with authentic authenticity. Sorry, because when you shoot on analog, yes, of course you don't you cannot Photoshop it crazy like a digital file. Um, but at the same time, it's a real thing that you shot. It's not something that has been manipulated like behind a computer. So I feel that, I don't know, I feel that it's, it adds value to to the photo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are, there any, are there any individuals or companies or restaurants that you really want to collaborate with in the future? I'm, I'm really attracted to brands that, have a meaning in what they're doing. Um, I don't have anything, any brand specifically in, in my mind right now, but um, when I, I see new designers, whether it's clothes or, or um, you know, decoration for your home or whatever, I always try to, to see what they're writing about their mission statement or on their about uh, section in their, on their website. Because if I feel that there's something very, uh, meaningful or very ethical in the way they're they're doing their business. I'll be attracted to reach out to them and and ask if you know they need any any pictures or how we can collaborate. Um, and also, it works for the wedding industry as well for wedding dress uh, designers, for example, the ones that you know choose consciously to work with um, a very ethical way of. Uh, um, hiring people or, you know, working hours or the, the fabric that they buy, where do, where do they buy it from? Um, that's something that I'm attracted to. And I guess it's because I have also this conscious that has been brought to me by the Baha'i faith. And is there any advice that you have for other artists out there, young and old, who are who maybe have some fears or um, have have some talents that they want to explore or fears of just like exploring them for any reason do you have any advice yeah um well the advice for me would be uh don't wait for the perfect conditions because we usually think that i'm not going to do it now because i don't know i don't have enough money or i don't have a, a financial stability right now i don't have like a proper job or and i'll do it later but you you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So letter could never come. <laughs> um, and when you have something you love um, and you find that you're talented into what you're trying to do, I would just say, you know, try and go for it because a lot of people want to quit their day job, but they don't know what they want to do and they don't find any specific talent that they have. Uh, so if you have one, I would say just, you know, just try out and you'll see because if you try to uh, find safety in, in being a freelance or a creative person, um, 
it won't feel as safe as a corporate job, but I feel safety is just a, a mental thing. It's some, it's how we, we think about it. Uh, I don't think that being a cop in a corporate job is, is safer than being a freelance. It's just how we have been trained in of thinking about safety anyways. And also I think that we all have been created with a purpose, um, and a specific talents and we're all unique. And sometimes I've, there's a lot of photographers coming to me uh, because I'm doing mentoring sessions as well with other photographers. And they come to me saying, I don't have anything special or my pictures don't, you know, don't have anything unique compared to X, Y, Z. And I say, well, your greatest power is, is that you are you and no one else is you. So that's, what you should use uh, in your photography and your and the way you portray people and and explain uh, to your clients why you are doing this as uh, as a job. Why are you a photographer? Um, and that will be your point of differentiation with another photographer. And I always like to tell people that um, there's one chance in four hundred trillion of you being born you, which means that if we take the definition of a miracle, uh, which is an event that is very unlikely to happen, then one in 400 trillion is a miracle. So you are by definition a miracle and you are unique because God has created you in unique. There's no one else like you. So why trying to, you know, be someone else or copy someone else. You can create something on your own and, you know, contribute to somehow to your community or humanity at a bigger scale. And what a beautiful way to end this interview, Celine. <laughs> if there's um, anyone out there who wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? So they can you? reach out to me through my Instagram, which is uh, Celine Chuon, so C-H-H-U-O-N, photography. And my website is the same. It's the same name. And we'll have that link uh, provided on the Bahaiteachings.org website as well with some of your photos. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Celine. Really appreciate your insights. No, thanks so much. I hope my <laughs> French accent wasn't too bad to hear. But uh, yeah, I did my best. <laughs> we'll probably get more listeners out there because your accent's just adorable. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Anyway, thank you again so much. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for listening to Cloud9. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to check out Bahaiteachings.org where you can find more Baha'i-inspired podcasts, videos, and articles.